tonight on Courtship of Princess Padre. Stop making mine Jedi. Oh, I've already messed it up. <laughs> ah! We'll do it live. <laughs> Great. Stop trying to make Jedi mind tricks happen. Visions of the future and some bro bonding. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6 standing by. Rogue 7 standing by. Rogue 3 standing by. Some bro boning. Yes, that's exactly what happened. I mean, Hello. kind of. <laughs> Welcome to season sixty-nine, mission five of <laughs> Courtship of Princess Podrick. The season sixty-nine Tonight. gets me every time. <laughs> it was your joke. I know it's so good. <laughs> we'll be going. So through. humble that Heath. <laughs> Like when I'm right, I'm right. Okay. Keep going. Chapters 19 through 20. I love how Heath's just like the highbrowest of humor. I decided to call it season 69, the best joke ever made. <laughs> like a fine wine. Mm, it gets better with age. <laughs> Sorry, Meg, were you saying something? Quick reminder of your hosts <laughs> Sap, Rogue 3. For Valentine's Day, program 300 mouse droids to do a routine to Who Run the World by Beyonce. Nice. Oh my god. I just teared up a little bit with the thought of that. Right, right. Danny, Rogue Six, was stuck in a nest built by all of his bird friends who wanted to show their appreciation. <laughs> they each brought one stick or like one feather or piece of string or whatever it is that birds do. <laughs> <laughs> so I either have a lot of bird friends or it was a really sad nest. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I called Saf Rogue 3, but she's really Rogue 7. Oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had the number. No one else got it, though. I'm sure all of our <laughs> listeners were ready to jump all over that inconsistency. <laughs> we just messed up the canon. Heath Rogue 3 was pleasantly surprised when Tycho sent a nudes with Zuvia's face photoshopped on top. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is it Zuvia's face, like, covering the sensitive bits? No, just Zuvio's face, just face oh, where oh, Tycho's oh. face goes. <laughs> Here for it. Can't cover up the goods, Danny. <laughs> and I'm Meg, rogue leader, and I made arms for my Akbar body pillow so you could cradle me tenderly at night. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Actually, might do that though. That's a good idea. I think I had like a 3 a.m. fever thought where I was like, why don't they make body pillows with arms? No, that's, like, a really good point, though, because then you could, like, use it to, like, go under your neck to yeah, sleep properly. and you can, like, fill them with, like, um, use, like, the floral wire so you can mold them a little bit. Oh my god, yeah, that's like, genius. Do it, Meg. Oh, yeah. Invent this. 
So anyway, speaking of us getting one step closer to inevitable AI companionship, I have a question <laughs> about Han Solo, Solo, a Star Wars story featuring young Han Solo. Yep. What happened to the Millennium Falcon? I don't care. Okay. Maybe okay, I had this thought earlier today when I was reading Courtship, and they were like, oh yeah, there's all these ships everywhere. They always use these YT-1300s or whatever they are. And I was like, what if it's just a different ship, and it's not actually the Millennium Falcon? And then everyone will get really mad about it, and I will just cackle in the, in the theater. That would actually be really funny if it was not the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I'm yeah. all ab- With this movie, I'm all about whatever will make the fanboys really mad. <laughs> I guess that makes courtship canon then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, there's and been I, nothing in the new canon to disprove anything that's happened in courtship up to this point. Right, and I will pick a hunky background person to be Isildur and be like, oh, he's right there. Like, they actually had a first destined meeting and then their cross paths later. Is it, It's Lando, right? No, that's Lando. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I see your point. <laughs> That one unraveled pretty quick. <laughs> Lando is suave, not hunky. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Isildur is not suave. <laughs> Isildur would trip bet. over his cape. <laughs> Little one. Whatever he calls Leia. Isildur would trip over his cape and then bounce his pecs to push himself back up onto his feet and pretend like nothing that happened. would be amazing. <laughs> Here for it. Oh my gosh. I need to get better at art. I'm going to make so much Isildur fan art for like no reason. <laughs> I want to see it so bad. Everyone's going to tag him as like something else from some other thing. And I'm like, no, it's a sealed door. It's just one random character from this one random book. He's important. He's a prince. Respect him. <laughs> he has royalty control in the apes cluster. <laughs> Until he chooses a wife. So, in conclusion, we are completely incapable of sustaining a conversation about Solo, a Star Wars story, <laughs> and clearly just want to talk about Courtship of Princess Leia. Really? We just want this movie to just troll everybody, I think. Yeah. Yes. I hope it has Ron Howard narr- narrating it all. Oh my it god. It would be that amazing. Be so <laughs> that is so good. That's how they do the opening crawl. Yeah. Han thought things were going to go his way. Pause. They did not. <laughs> Never tell me the odds. Uh, they told him. <laughs> the real reason I... Lord and Miller were fired was because they were trying to find a narrator and they just couldn't get one good enough. Right. <laughs> Ron Howard's like, I'm here. I'm here. Don't worry. The master's here. <laughs> Amazing. I hope so. They should at least do like a director's commentary for like the special edition Blu ray. Where he's just doing commentary like that the whole time. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. I would pay like the extra $5 and go to the store that like Best Buy exclusive edition just to get it. But please don't actually put it at Best Buy because I don't want to go to Best Buy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, make it available for download or bust. Target. I will be okay with it. I would go to Target. Or Target. Meg will go to Target. Yeah. Or Heath will go to Target and get two. Yeah. And then we'll exchange them because we'll be so close. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Damn you both. <laughs> okay, let's talk about some witches. Okay. So, in the... <laughs> Gosh. So where we left off was 
the rebels, I will just co- collectively call them that so I don't have to name them off every time, yes. um, are going to the Imperial prison, which is where all of the Night Sisters and the Stormtroopers live, to steal some stuff and hopefully fix the Falcon. So when they reach the prison, they see Jethzerion Stormtrooper army marching out toward the Singing Mountain clan. But Jethzerion isn't with them, which means that she'll probably still be somewhere inside the prison. Not so great. Daniel casts a spell that allows Ogwin to see what she's seeing, which is actually really cool. And then they'll be at the Singing Mountain Clan in two days, but they should, the good people should beat them back by then. Luke checks out the compound with the Force and maybe some binoculars. There's only one speeder (laughs) and no hover sled to be found, so not a great combination. R2, Chewie, and 3PO have to stay where they are, and while they wait, 3PO can work on decoding some of the transmissions he's intercepting from above from all of the Star Destroyers. They reach the edge of the prison and see no guards, and Luke notices the sensor array is rusted over. It seems like they haven't posted guards for a while, because no one new comes to a planet, and who also would break into a prison? Leia comments that it doesn't quite make sense, because they wouldn't want murderers and thugs running loose. Come on, Leia. But Luke knows that there's something wrong about that statement, but he doesn't have time to think about it now. Don't profile, Leia. Jeez. They all might have been carrying, like, a fourth of an ounce of pot. I totally Leia's a hardliner when it comes to the war on drugs. (laughs) She's about justice, not mercy. Oh. They get closer and see a bunch of harvester droids, which in my head look real cute. Yes. They're they're like, like shepherds, right? Yeah. Like, just big... Isildur suggests they hop into one of them, and then they'll get carried into the prison. Han tries to point out several of the things that can go wrong with that idea, but Isildur has a rebuttal for everyone. Han doesn't have a better plan, so they go. Once they get into the harvester, they all jump in except Tenennial, afraid because why wouldn't she be? (laughs) Just jump into this giant, dark, like, muncher robot. No problem. (laughs) It's fine. It's cool. Even though you've never, like, really seen robots before that much. Whatever. It's because Tenennial knows that they're actually harvesting souls of the dead. Jeez. Whoa, deep. Okay. <laughs> it's got dark real fast. Dark quadrant today. Look, they don't <laughs> call her Tenennial for nothing. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do they call her Tenennial for? No, they don't call her that for nothing. <laughs> I, I see, I okay. guess. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> It's a double negative. Yes. Oh, okay. So they collar it for something. That's her name? And the something is, I don't know, I'm just trying to say words so that we have content for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you need to make an extra effort for that, Danny. (laughs) I mean, other people have to say words besides me. (laughs) That was appreciated. I can speak more about the harvestroids if you want. (laughs) Yes, do it. (laughs) I, I hope they have little sheep that follow them around. Oh my God. I just have a lot of feelings about a giant robot with a big mouth that just holds a lot of berries because I love robots and I love berries. So it's like my dream <laughs> in one <laughs> robot. <laughs> I would literally climb right to that mouth and just eat all those berries. <laughs> Seth, <laughs> Seth, you love so many things. What is it like yeah. to be you? And like none of them are related at all, which I love. There's not like a theme to the things Seth loves. They're all just. What do you mean, giant robots and berries? I mean, they're all things that you can eat. 
Kit Kats, <laughs> berries, Wait. horses. <laughs> okay, but I have had horses. Blue Jane. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Real talk. I'm really Whoa. disappointed that at no point in this chapter did they mention the fact that they would be squishing a whole bunch of berries under them. <laughs> right? But they don't have like berry stains all over them. Yeah, there was like no talk of like squished berries. They were just like, oh, they're standing waist high in berries. I'm like, yeah, but. Right. So many berries. Wait. Talk about the berries. Are yeah, we? like, doesn't have, like, doesn't Isildur have, like, squished berries in his cleavage? Is it? You would think so. <laughs> I, is it, are, are we still talking about berries, or is this a euphemism? Oh, it's oh, actual berries. Oh, Isildur has actual smushed berries in his bosom. Yeah, yes. they fell he with berries. Yeah, he, he should, but they don't say anything Wait, about it. Morton has let me down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good talk. You- <laughs> I'm just going to call this episode the smushed berries in Isildur's bosom. <laughs> Good. Hefty bosom. Hefty bosom. You have to give them weight. Let's see. <clears throat> the harvester carries them away and Luke calls for her and she jumps in. Inside, she's still frightened, covered in smushed berries. And Luke holds her and tells her that it'll be okay. You can make smushed berries into wine. She calls <laughs> When life gives you smushed berries... <laughs> Luke is such a problem solver. <laughs> Can we rewrite this book to add all this commentary? Please, let us. It's just going to be like 10 times more smushed berries. <laughs> and like 100 times more Sealdor's pegs were bouncing. <laughs> smushed berries, a Star Wars story. For real though, like, yeah, the Courtship of Princess Leia Rogue Podron edition, now with 10 times more smushed berries. How would that not sell millions of copies? Yeah. New York Times bestseller. <laughs> wow. Check that off of my to-do list. <laughs> we should put up a billboard to demand that this happen. <laughs> All right. The guards at the Sally Point, which I guess is just a checkpoint, don't check the cargo too hard, and they make it inside. They just complain about how they never get any berries, <laughs> which fair. They fall through a metal tube, and Luke grabs Tenennial again, and he pulls her with him off the conveyor belt. They're in the kitchens, and they need to make their way up out. They need to get up to go down, which doesn't really (laughs) Because Star Wars. (laughs) It's the Force. Yeah. They make it to a place where they can see a dining room (gasps) of the prison, (gasps) and many of them were humans, but also, (gasps) what? A lot of Ithorians! Ah! <laughs> because Ithorians love berries. <laughs> Is that no fact about Because Ithorians berries are aren't meat. And Ithorians I got love so excited all living for creatures. Jenny. Uh, no one can understand what they're doing in a prison, but I guess it's for the berries, we they're, found out. They're dining on berries. In the prison. I know it's they a prison, but I'm imagining it's like a fancy restaurant and like all the Ithorians are at candlelit tables with just like a fork and berries on their plates. <laughs> it's definitely a prison. Okay, but it's a romantic <laughs> candlelit prison. Dude, they're oh. in jail. <laughs> Why would the Ithorians be in jail? What did the Ithorians do? They were probably just a bunch of peaceful protesters that got rounded up against their will. Oh, weird. Probably. Hmm. The group keeps going and they Wait. see a laundry <laughs> unfortunately they're still stuck behind a grate luke calls out to the lone old man in the room to come and open the gate leia tells him to stop because this never works for him (laughs) 
I really wanted the old man to introduce himself as uh, Jan. <laughs> that would be <laughs> awful. <laughs> That'd be so good. Like, surprise, this is actually the Lusankia prisoner. <laughs> yeah, either surprise they're Lusankia or surprise Jan is just, like, always in prison, just in different <laughs> prisons. Like, How did he he's, like, a recurring character in the EU, and, like, whenever a book he's takes you to a prison, Jan is just, like, there for some reason. <laughs> And he's like, I gotta protect the prisoners. <laughs> I do the laundry because it protects the prisoners. <laughs> the prisoners need clean laundry. Also, best berries this side of the galaxy. <laughs> the old man comes over, unaffected by Luke's force trick. But he would gladly help them out if he knew the code, which he does not. Instead, Han hotwires it, and it actually goes well? Hmm. Everyone's confused. They get into the room, and the old man tells them that they can't break into the prison, looking how they are. Surprise! I love how Return of the Jedi, Luke is like, I am a Jedi, like my father before me. And millions of fans around the world are like, oh my god, he's mastered the Force, he's a Jedi, he's so great. And then this author is like, actually, Luke still sucks. <laughs> Couldn't <laughs> find any Jedi remains. Luke is really good at not fighting. <laughs> Everything else with the Force, he still doesn't really get it. Yeah, not not the greatest. Oof. Surprise! All the prisoners are political prisoners or conscientious objectors. See, we could have figured this out since half of them were Ithorians. <laughs> but the berries. The only crime an Ithorian ever committed was caring about the planet too much. That's adorable. They're people that the Empire wanted to disappear not anyone mean or evil or thugs leia jeez the old man helps them get dressed but two stormtroopers show up han distracts them well enough i guess and luke and isildur knock them out they gag and tie them up hiding their bodies in laundry bags in the back the women dress up in black robes while the rest are in stormtrooper armor i guess he's not actually didn't pay that much attention um they start to leave but luke knows how much trouble the man will get in when the troopers awake he wipes their memories and tells the man to dump them in the tunnel under the grate. He's exhausted after that, maybe pushing his force powers to the limit. He hopes he won't regret it as they make their way through the prison. Come on, Luke. 3PO exclaims in alarm as he finishes translating the communications overhead. Warlord Gabor knows Han is there, and Jethzurion was able to trace the tracks of the Falcon. They know he needs spare parts to fix the ship, and they're setting a trap for him in exchange for a ship off-world. 3PO, R2, and Chewie rush off to the rescue. The rest make their way through the prison, and Luke is seriously fatigued. He's using too much of his force powers, and as they go through a prisoner cell block, Leia notices the woman from Alderaan, who is supposed to be dead, but Luke tells her to move along. Just so he gets sad, I guess. There wasn't really a point to that. <clears throat> That's quite quite sad. Yeah, just sorry, just like that. <laughs> just for the you feels. You don't get to talk to somebody from your home world. We have things to do. It was really weird too, because usually when a character that someone knows from somewhere appears, yeah. <laughs> like they only use that the galaxy is so small trick if it, like it's an important character. Not just a lady. Just no. Nope, there's just someone else that Leia knows who's not relevant. Oof, that's rough. They get to the turbo lift which Tenennial's adorably suspicious of at first, and then they head down deeper into the prison. When they exit, they pass a group of Night Sisters. 
They almost make it through, but one night sister turns around and asks them what they're doing there so late. Han is a good bro, and for once, his bluffing kind of actually works. He lets her know there was some trouble in cell block C, and that they didn't want to disturb her. She fills the fear into Neniel, but Han also makes up that there's been rumors of a revolt by the prisoners, and the night sister relents and leaves them. Once they're safely away, Tenennial falls to her knees. That was Jethzurion, and she knows she must have recognized her, but they keep moving anyway. They pass unnoticed through a room of lounging night sisters, which I thought was the weirdest scene in this whole book. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like, I, hey, ladies. I don't know what's <laughs> happening in this. Hey, everyone needs to lounge from times to time. Yeah, but it's just, didn't their armies just go off to war? <laughs> they're just just hanging out yeah what are they supposed to do about it shouldn't they be with them <laughs> uh some people go to stay and relax i guess self-care mm-hmm. these ladies aren't really into self-care <laughs> <laughs> no, not really they do not have a treat yourself day <laughs> they don't have the best work-life balance i mean no wonder they're so that? angry we've they're only very... seen them at work exactly <laughs> and therein lies the problem they're just amazon employees okay uh, they make it to the basement and before they exit the lift Luke has a vision of the future total blackness covering the planet nice okay great hang on First of all, <laughs> since when has Luke been able to see the future and second of all did Luke actually have a vision of the future or did Luke just close his eyes <laughs> Luke is such a merry sitting guys, guys I'm seeing something I'm seeing total blackness and everyone's like look look turn on the lights <laughs> buddy <laughs> just open your eyes man <laughs> but no one has the heart to tell him so they're just like yeah force he's vision just, Ooh. he's so proud of his force abilities at this point <laughs> vision of the future luke wow <laughs> oh you're such a strong jedi master <laughs> isildur's like i think his eyes are just closed and han and Leia are like no 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 just just let's just, let just it go happen. with it go with it go with it <laughs> luke again we should me. write this book <laughs> Luke tells the rest that they can't just leave the planet. They need to stay and fix it and fight. But everybody else thinks he's wrong. And Han tells him to stop before he really freaks everyone out. Fair. <laughs> Definitely fair. He's like, hey, remember this girl who's like panicking because she got into an elevator? Maybe don't talk about total darkness surrounding the planet. <laughs> Jeez. When they exit the lift, they see there are plenty of half-wrecked starships there, including a bunch of... Whatever kind of ship the Millennium Falcon is, I don't know. Why T blah blah? Why T three thousand Krillian freighters? I don't know. Why T something? They're not X wings, so who cares? Yeah, really. Out of everything, the Night Sisters almost have a complete ship. Luke has a bad feeling about this place. There should be guards or alarms or something, and it's just too easy. But they're there, so they might as well get what they came for. Han Lei and Isildur start surveying and taking what they need from the ships, while Luke and Tenennial stand guard. She's starting to naturally tap into the Force without the use of spells, but it's overwhelming. She moves away from the group to hear a little easier. She swears she hears the swishing of skirts and the mumbles of words. She tries to scan the room, but her senses are diluted. Her head isn't cleared until the night sister Baritha and two others are standing at the bottom of the rubbish that she's standing on. They tell her they set a trap and start singing, force choking her. 
Tennille tries to fight back, hears Luke's voice in her heart, but she can't feel the force here. She collapses to her knees and is left in darkness. But Luke does hear her screaming in terror through the force, and he takes off toward her. He finds the Night Sisters crowding around her and uses the force to allow her to breathe again. Luke fights with the Night Sisters, who are definitely underestimating him because he's a dude, which fair. He ends up killing <laughs> he ends up killing one with his lightsaber, and Beretha calls for reinforcements. Tenniel makes her way over to Luke, and behind them, the damaged YT freighter Han was working on Roars to Life. Tenennial and the Night Sisters start fighting, and Luke realizes just how angry beyond belief Tenennial is, as if it's not a good reason to be so. He tells her not to give in to anger, and that Jethzurion isn't there. She realizes what's going on and stops her spellcasting. Thankfully, Han fires the ship's blasters enough to distract the Night Sisters, and Luke and Tenennial climb on board. I'm really getting tired of Luke force-splaining to Tenennial. He sure does. You can do this, but you can't do that. Like, he's decapitated, like, three people since he's been on this planet. But heaven forbid that she uses the Force to, you know, Lash deal with these anger. terrorizing her family, right? Yeah. Hmm. Luke. Luke More is... Night- oh, no. I think Luke might be a white male feminist. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely, he is. 100%. <laughs> I mean, did you watch The Last Jedi? Because, really. I mean, Luke thinks he's really woke. (laughs) He tries so hard. He tries hard. I'll give him that. He's just not bright sometimes. Yes. (laughs) Poor Luke. Boy, I'm sorry, every Star Wars fan. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Not every Star Wars fan. Just all the ones who like Luke Skywalker. (laughs) I'm sorry, like 85% of Star Wars fans. Oops. I'm sorry, not. Nancy. All right, let's see. More Night Sisters enter the basement, and the first ones are holding the throttle in place. Luke sees them and uses the force to pull up the throttle and turn the ship around. They are blasted back by the engines, and they make it out of there. Han reminds Isildur and Leia that they need to hurry the F up with the generators, because they'll be blown out of the sky any moment by Warlord Gabor's ships. Luke goes down to help, and on the way, Tenennial promises him she won't let her anger get the better of her again. Girl, you don't need to justify yourself to him. And secretly in her brain, she's like, I'm gonna murder that boy the first chance I get. <laughs> Can't be my husband, might as well murder him. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't want to breed with me. <laughs> Luke uses his lightsaber to get the remaining generators free, and Han runs to the back and tells them they're going to evacuate. They're flying low and slow-ish over a lake, and they all make it out as Isildur more roughly than the others. But despite hitting the shallows face first, he'll be all right. He really hit them peck first, so he's definitely fine. <laughs> In emergencies, you can use them as a flotation device. <clears throat> they drag themselves to the shore. Leia and Isildur joking about how that wasn't so hard. Lol. Luke and Tenennial manage to keep their cool to let Jasterion's probing force touch, weird, wander past them. Luke reminds them that they need to get out of there because they'll soon have some company. Probing Bar- force touch is a phrase that should never be allowed. <laughs> Probing force touch. That's when you see the um, tag on fanfic that's improper use of the force. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like the best tag. Han borrows Luke's microbinox and looks up toward the sky. He noticed something funny on the ship sensors as they flew out. Thousands of satellites released overhead by Warlord Gabor. 
Luke closes his eyes, <laughs> sees the vision of no, Oh, there it is again. <laughs> Lord, stop! <laughs> what do you see this time, Luke? <laughs> Knowing that the satellites correspond with it. <laughs> I am so here for this alternate reality where Luke, like, isn't actually that strong in the force and everyone's kind of just, like, going <laughs> along with it. Like, he's good at fighting, but, like, really anybody can use a lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, one of the coolant containers broke during their escape, and they have to spend time fixing it. 3PO to the rescue! Him, R2, and Chewie show up on their rancors on their way to the city to warn them when 3PO picked up on the crash. Han says they obviously figured out Jethzerion's trap because they sprung it. But 3PO makes R2 bring up a new message. Wait, it's from... before we get to this exciting revelation, how is R2 riding a rancor? I need to know. Yeah, I've been wondering this. <laughs> he just is. He's no answer. <laughs> <laughs> they made a droid-shaped saddle out of woofa hide. That makes sense. Yeah. Is there anything woofa hide can't do? <laughs> There's no telling what you could do with a woofa. <laughs> <laughs> All of the answers to any problems in this book is woofa hide. <laughs> woofa or the force. <laughs> Probing force touch. Oh, geez. Sorry, so uh, who, who just showed up? Who just showed up in this message? It's Jeff Zurion and General Melvar. Yes! Yay! <laughs> Yay! So Give me an M. M. Give me an E. E. Give me an L. L. Give me a V. V. <laughs> Give me an A. A. Give me an R. R. What's that spell? Melvar. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you were so obliging. <laughs> Did not think we were going to make it all the way to Melvar. <laughs> I'm really glad he's back with his fancy, like, steel manicures. <laughs> like, claw nail that <laughs> he scratched himself with multiple times. Beauty is pain, Saf. Beauty is pain. Yeah, he Maybe paid I like can... a bucket load of money on his cuticle implants is what they were called. <laughs> I can identify with that because when I got fake nails last year, I stabbed myself in the eye multiple times. <laughs> it's real though. That's a challenge. It's imagine the metal. <laughs> Like, Melvar is officially the most extra character in this book. Oh, of course he is. Jeez, I love him. I'm so glad he's back. <clears throat> she tells Melvar that she has captured Han Solo and now she wants her shuttle. Melvar smiles and says that Warlord Gabor has to resend his offer now that the Falcon has been blown up. But Jessurion smiles smugly and tells him that the ship was full of stormtroopers who saw the ship was close to being repaired and tried to steal it. Melvar says that now the Falcon has been destroyed, they have a weaker bargaining position. The new offer from Warlord Gabor is that he'll come retrieve Han in 36 hours, and wow. then he won't destroy the planet. Cool. Good deal. Jensurion says then they offer nothing. They don't value their own lives. Jeez. So what's the point? Melvar says that they should be grateful that they're still coming to take Han from them. Jensurion proposes a counteroffer that if they are given a shuttle off-world, the Night Sisters pledge to serve Warlord Gabor. Melvar asks how they can be sure of their loyalty, and she tells them that they will bring their daughters and every child, like every female, oh, she uses the word female, under uh. 10, 
Orla Gabor can hold them hostage and kill them if they displease him. <clears throat> yep. Melvar retorts that literally 30 seconds ago, they said that they do not value their lives. So it's reasonable <laughs> to think that they would be willing to sacrifice their children anyway. <laughs> I mean... It's 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 pretty reasonable assumption. He's not there. wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> when you say it out loud like that, though, it's really. <laughs> Jasurion's face turns hard and says that no mother would be so evil. I guess. I guess, but you're so like you seem pretty evil already, lady. Super evil. Yeah, like also your name like, is Jethzerion, <laughs> and also you're a witch. You literally was like, yeah, you can destroy our planet. We don't care. We don't have any value of our lives. And then, like, a few minutes later, she's like, yeah, no, we wouldn't kill our kids. We would never do that to our children. We would be terrible and evil people. It's like, lady, you gave yourself away already. Not to mention the very inappropriate probing force touch. (laughs) That was quite inappropriate. Miss Githzerion. Ms. I don't know. Madam. 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 Madam (laughs) Githzerion. She probably does speak with a French accent. I can, yeah, I but can... she would definitely be called mistress. Yeah, she. Oh, yeah, she's definitely a mistress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and everyone has to call her mistress as well. <laughs> and it makes everyone really uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mistress. Zest- J- Wait, how do you do a French accent? <laughs> Z- <laughs> you don't. Why are you going like English? <laughs> <laughs> Danny's oh. accents are a lot t- like his impressions, it turns out. <laughs> I took six years of French in high school and middle I, school. I can do a French accent, but when I think about trying to say Gitzerion in a French accent, I just, my mind blanks, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> it's not. It's 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 not. No, it's not. Gitzerion, Mistress Gitzerion, tells Melvar, Melvar, to have Warlord Gabor consider the offer as they must consider his. I guess, which, his is just not to kill everybody. Okay. <laughs> so wait, his offer is we won't kill everybody, and her offer is here are our children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may yeah. kill if you are displeased. <laughs> okay. Oh no. This is very I don't unfortunate. Know, which offer would you take? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. The hollow wings out, and they know something really bad is going down. Mainly because Really? Of- really? Horse uh, vision. It's because Luke closed his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Now now we all know exactly what's going to happen. Every time he goes to sleep, he probably like gets really scared about the end of the world. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, he probably has trouble sleeping. because I of- can't baby. go to sleep tonight. I'll have those he visions like, again. Yeah, he like can't fall asleep <laughs> like, at night. Luke, it's just your, the back of your eyelid. Oh, my God. Please, buddy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we so mean to Luke today. I'm sorry. Warlord Gabor says he's going to destroy the whole planet, not just a city. What? Leia wonders why Warlord Gabor is so desperate to get Han personally. What in the world did Han do? (laughs) Embarrassed. A Star Wars story. (laughs) (laughs) Han admits that when they blew up Iron Fist, he may have gloated and said something to the effect of kiss my Wookiee. Chewie laughs at the fond memory. <laughs> Is Steel Doris racism? Laugh- like, that's kind of a real Wookiee racism going on there, and Chewie's just like, hey, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But I feel like Han and 
should we kind of are past that point maybe if someone else said it should we probably be like hell no but with han he's like yeah okay that's Chewie fair would eat their i don't want to kiss i don't want to kiss that guy either that's good. <laughs> han is chewy's problematic friend yeah 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 and chewy has slowly... just started to let things slide He's slowly getting better, and Chewie knows he is, so he's just kind of, like, not going to push him all the time. Isildur slaps Han on the back, laughing, and calls him friend. <gasps> wow. Character, Character development. development. <laughs> all Han had to do was tell a really funny story. Maybe Isildur has had Han Solo, what a man Solo, stuck in his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I hope so. He's bouncing his pecs to the rhythm of Han Solo, what a yes! man Solo. Yes! <laughs> yes! That is a dream. Oh my gosh. Everyone is surprised, but they roll with it. Luke reminds them that they kind of need to leave, so they load the Rancors up and head out. Luke is such a party pooper. Come on, they're they're, they're bonding. Like, come on, soon they were gonna, like, arm wrestle and, like, do push-ups and stuff. And, like, touch each other's butts, probably. Whatever dudes do. That's what dudes do, right? Yeah, that seems right. Whatever. That's what the... Yeah. (laughs) Get on a field scale, okay? <laughs> Get on his level. They go for almost a whole day before camping in the hills at sunset, which sounds pretty romantic. Jethzerion's army is almost halfway to the Singing Mountain Clan, but the Nice Sisters themselves hang back since they have a speeder to get there in only an hour. Luke keeps hearing the voice saying, Eternal Night is coming, but he hasn't put two and two together yet. He reaches out with the Force, feeling unsure and vulnerable. Yoda and others, strong like him, were repulsed by the witches before. What could he do by himself? I'm sorry, young, sexy Yoda and others like him. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. In case you didn't know which Yoda this was. He reaches out, trying to find Ben, but he gets no response. He looks up, seeing the lizards running by again, and realizes Dathomir is a beautiful world, but Mistress Desirion and her schemes didn't matter to most of the creatures on the planet. Ben okay. is like the worst force ghost. <laughs> New phone who dis <laughs> every time Luke calls. God, Luke, figure it out for yourself. You're a Jedi now. You're a bad Jedi though. He got yeah, I mean, by a ghost. His no. master was also a terrible Jedi, so it's not like <laughs> why am I just insulting all of the fan faves today? <laughs> Ben is no, just like sucks, Luke. And... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> ben is just like Luke. I noticed that you're involved in a romantic comedy all of a sudden. I'm no good at that, so I'm piecing out. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm staying involved. right out of this one. I got no advice here. Remember how I was a hermit in the desert forever? <laughs> ben comes and he's like, "Get her fridged." It's the only way. Do it. That's the only experience he has with a woman. Yeah. Get her pregnant and have her die in childbirth. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Anakin. Yeah. Those are literally the only two romantic stories Ben has ever been a part of. Yeah. He doesn't know. <laughs> if you go into Legends, he's had two ladies fridged. Sure have not gone into Legends. Yeah. That's where we are right now. So that poor man is just, he's, he's got a bad track record with girls liking him. Right. He should have stuck with Quinlan Voss. Should have. Seriously. Right? I, they Obi-Voss. like that so much. Obi Voss. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good That's one. where he is. That's where Ben is right now. He's hanging out with the force ghost of Quinlan Voss. Ugh, I love that. Yeah. Being force boyfriends. Oh, perfect. 
And meanwhile, the Sexy Master Yoda's just doing squats off to the side. <laughs> He's got to keep those jumping muscles up. Isilda wakes up in the middle of the night. Hana's up with 3PO. Luke is off in the forest. He sees Tenennial sitting away from the fire and joins her. She tells him that sometimes out in the desert, she would look up at the stars and wonder about the people who lived. That is not a good sentence, Meg. And wonder about the people who lived out there. <laughs> Oof, I did these on a plane. Please excuse me. Isildur immediately um, initiates mansplaining mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's because like, oh, a woman is wondering a thing? I must explain it all to her. Yeah, but he happens to know because he was an astronavigator. And as when he worked as a pirate, and he was totally out in the sector all the time, and he has such a good memory, and he knows like everything about everything. And also, have you seen my pecs recently? It's yeah. just it's it the same good. as Luke, where she's just like, I like to look out, and I I imagine different stories, and I make up different things about what's going on in all the stores. And you see the doors like, okay, but actually, point out a star, and I'll tell you what's really happening there. Yeah. So Tenenia just can't catch a damn break, honestly. No. She needs to just go gay and find a nice lady. Oof. She has she plenty to, to choose from. <laughs> the problem is that she needs to breed another witch. Does she, though? And, yeah, they need more people in their clan. She can adopt someone, it's fine. And they need more dudes to, like, pull out woofas. I mean, she could still <laughs> bang a dude, but she doesn't have to, like, marry one. No, I just said breed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Marry. <laughs> <laughs> she has some kids and go back to her wife. It's good. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. Mm. They can both breed with him, whatever. This is why we should write this book. <laughs> I mean, 100%. I'm not unconvinced that all the witches of Dathomir aren't already lesbians, to be quite honest. That's a good point, actually, yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Let's see. So Isildur tells her to pick a star, and he can mansplain about it. <laughs> she, tests him, she tests him at first by picking out a star she knows is a planet, and he passes. So then she picks out a bright blue one, but he says that's the cedre system but the star she picked is too young and too hot she needs to pick a yellow or an orange one he's so bad at flirting he's super bad he's never had to flirt before he's the prince of the entire hapes cluster what are words that people say when they're flirting hmm young and hot okay how can i incorporate (laughs) this into a sentence She's looking at her and she's like, ah, you're very young and hot. And then it just comes out of his mouth when he's talking about a star. I mean, she is between the ages of 18 and 20. (laughs) And let's be real. She's probably quite slender. She's super slender. No, she's got them back missiles. Back missiles? (laughs) (laughs) She's got the what? The back muscles. You want to talk about her bone. Just some back missiles, you know. (laughs) Pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) she's got the guns alright she picks out twin stars which are called fair or fairy they use (laughs) okay furry Um, they used to have a very great culture some of the better luxury starships in the galaxy but one day someone accidentally carried a plague to the planet and wiped everybody out whoops so they stop talking about that, and she picks out another planet, which is Ola Orelon, the only planet of the Hape system that is bright enough to be seen from Dathomir. Oh, what a coincidence. Oh. He mentions his mother rules over them, and Tedeniel is shocked. His mother is so powerful, ruling over 63 worlds. They need six more 
worlds to that. They really do. <laughs> she hadn't known that she captured the son of such a powerful woman, assuming a queen would just be the head of a clan or a village. You can totally sense, like, as soon as she learns this bit of information, she's suddenly super thirsty for Isildur. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, wow, okay, this hot guy is actually important and powerful. Interesting. Well, mm. your mom controls 63 worlds. Okay, you are... Wait, what are those words you said again? You are hot and young, too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's probably more hot for Ta Chum than a silver TBH. Yeah. Yeah, she wants, she wants that. She wants that. She wants 63 worlds. That's what she wants. Yeah, she does. Who doesn't? That's <clears throat> what every woman wants. Right? Okay, Especially... let's kiss with our mouths now. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you kissing with? <laughs> They're bad at flirting. <laughs> your, your back rockets or missiles, whatever we said. <laughs> Let's kiss with our back rockets. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. I love this podcast. <laughs> she calms down and quietly asks if she'll be able to see where he is after he leaves Dathomir. He says yes. She asks if he'll be able to see her son and think about her when she's on when he's on Hapes. He says no, her son is too dim. Dude, learn how to lie to make people feel better. Was this right, the part dude? where he said the thing? Where is this? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Isildur. On, <laughs> okay. But I thought she was the queen of a clan village, Tenennial gasped. Oh, this was like two lines before. Anyway, this is just really important. She lay back on the grass and, grass and held her hands up to her head for a moment, as if dizzy. Isildur decided to give her time. Let her become accustomed to life on his grand terms. <laughs> wow. I hate Whoa, him so much. What a D. Oh. He's such a Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to all of our Chad listeners. <laughs> We're like pretty cool people. Yeah. No, Jeez. I just spent too much time on Rita. I'm sorry. Chad. No, I know plenty of lovely Chads. <laughs> no, gosh. no hard <laughs> feelings on Chads. I I don't know what that sentence was supposed to say. Wait, what? You have hard feelings on Chads? No. <laughs> no hard feelings for Chads. Okay. Sorry. Right. Stop your talking. Keep going. Keep going. Saf thinks Chads are young and hot. Finger <laughs> guns and all listeners. Name Chad. Oh. Saf would like oh. to touch her mouth to a Chad. Stop. <laughs> Mig, continue the show. <laughs> Save me. Let's kiss on the Chads. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I laughed too hard. I had to cough. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. He turns to look at her and he sees her strained expression. He doesn't understand her and asks her what he is to her. She says that she would never force him to do anything against his will, but other women in the clan might not feel the same way. Isilda remembers how they met and understands now that it was a mating ritual and that he did willingly accept it. 
She had given him every opportunity of escape, and he let her catch him. Basically, she's saying that in their culture, they're still having lots of hard conversations about consent. (laughs) Yeah, it's not unique. He asks what would happen if they did not like each other. She says that she could sell him, preferably to a woman who he did like and liked her in who and liked her in return for a fair price, depending on the other woman's resources, or they could arrange it for someone in a different clan to capture him, or he could run away up into the mountains. And if she felt they could still make it work, she'd hunt him down again. You know what? This is a pretty like solid, simple way to deal with relationships. Like, if you're mad at your spouse, you run away into the forest, and then if they're like, "No, no, we can make this work," then come back and find you. It's like a, it's like a test. Of they have to put in the effort to be like, "No, let's actually work." Yeah, this they've out. actually got to like prove that they're willing to work it out. And then if she's like, "You know what? Actually, maybe this is better for both of us." She can let him run away, and he can find his own new life. Right. But like for- such a bar, like quotes barbaric culture. This is actually really like <laughs> decent. You don't have to like wait three months for the judge to say that you're divorced. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, wait, we that was that was all joking, right? What you have to wait three months? No, not that part. Oh, <laughs> what? This is a decent way to do it. Yes. I mean, if they're gonna take slaves, this is the best <laughs> way they can handle oh, it. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! No! Good no! Point. No! no. <laughs> Every <laughs> argument after they take slaves pretty much just falls apart, doesn't it? <laughs> well, if you're gonna take slaves, then. <laughs> <sighs> Daddy, please edit me entirely out of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you no, can't. Nope. Only I'm the one who gets to be racist without any consequences. <laughs> no, okay, what I was actually trying to say is for like this like era of um no- like era of sci-fi novels, which tended to have a lot of like misandry with women who would like take men as slaves and like were really barbaric and awful. The fact that, like, in their culture, like, Wolverton goes to an effort to show that they aren't actually, like, actively barbaric and they don't, like, force men to do what they don't want. Um, and, like, they do give them chances to do what they want. And, like, Isildur has this moment where he's like, oh, it makes sense, like, how this culture came about because these women are strong and these men probably want their protection and, like, will build actual relationships with them. Um, and if they don't want to, then the woman will work with them to figure something else out. And so, like, I was actually genuinely surprised to see thought put into it that kind of... Uh, veered it away from being such a misandrous culture considering the time period that this book came out and like the culture of vintage sci-fi novels out this kind of time nice totally. job dave you got something right yeah, yeah. go dave like Seth said isildur looks past his initial thoughts of how barbaric their culture is and it's really not that different from romancing <laughs> on other planets i guess <laughs> he actually thinks the men on dathomir have a better life than the men on Hapes. They can do something if it doesn't work out with the woman who captured them. They also get care and protection of the woman, which is pretty nice, too, and something that the men on Hapes do not get from their ladies. Tenennial, though, was giving Isildur his freedom. All she wanted in return was to be remembered fondly. Isildur thinks of the conniving, vicious women in his life who would never do something so kind. He thinks Tenennial has has a beauty that he's rarely seen and couldn't be matched. He goes over and kisses her softly on the cheek, a goodbye kiss. He finds that she was crying, and he promises her that if he makes it back to Hapes, he'll remember her. Sometimes he'll look toward where she is and wonder if she's looking across the galaxy at him, too. <laughs> oh. Wow, this book I does just, not understand how love exists. I mean, it just it reminds me of season four, episode 
two or three of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where Jake and Captain Holt have been in witness protection and the rest of the Nine-Nine shows up and they're trying to go over this plan about how they're going to lure out this mobster. And Charles is like, wait, one more question. Did you ever look up at the sky and see the moon and think if I was looking up at it too? And then Jake's just like, yeah. And Charles is like, knew it. And that's just what I thought. (laughs) That's good. That's very good. I'm like, yes, that's like one of the best things I could definitely think of right now. Super romantic. (laughs) Their romance is romantic. And I hope that Isildur and Han can reach that point one day. Right? That'd be great. Let's see. An hour later, Luke wakes them and they continue their journey. They have to stop again, only 14 kilometers, very specifically away from the village. So the (laughs) rancors are exhausted. While the people rest, Tenennial goes over to wash them with cold water since they don't have sweat glands. I included that part because I thought Danny would like it. Why don't they have sweat glands, Danny? They're like elephants, right? Do elephants not have sweat glands? Oh, wait, Um, is that why they roll around the mud? Yeah. Yeah. My my thought on this is that they don't have sweat glands um, because Star Wars. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but it did seem like a very odd detail to include in there. It just seemed like another way for Luke to force-plain to Tenenio, honestly. Yeah. Kind she looks better at the Force than her. Hmm. Luke comes over and instructs her to use the Force to help them and cools her Rancor du- down with a touch, a probing Force touch. <laughs> Tenennial frowns at him because that's rude so confused about how he's able to do it so easily and without words he tells her he can use a spell she can use a spell if it helps her focus but the forest cannot be bound by words whatever <laughs> Tenennial apologizes for what happened at the prison in the moment she had felt so confused just wanted to end the night sisters and she couldn't believe and she couldn't because of Luke's rules Luke explains that they wanted her to kill them, to give in to hate and become like them. Tenennial knows, but didn't see how the light side could be stronger than the dark. Luke says that he never said the light side was stronger, but the dark side offers up power faster, but at the expense of losing what you value. Tenennial hugs Luke from behind as he cools down the rancors, asking him if love is what she, if love is what she desires above all else, can the force lead her to it? Luke considers faking ignorance because he's a jerk. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Uh. But instead, he tells her that he thinks it could, but he doesn't know. He hasn't met his robot computer girlfriend yet. Neither have I, Luke. Neither have I. She tells him that she's been lonely in the desert for a long time, and she's been doing searching spells and hoping she can find a husband and return to her people. When she saw Luke and Isildur in a vision, she knew Luke was her destiny. Luke says he doesn't believe in destiny, and they just need to calm down. Oof, buddy. Mm. Don't just tell women to calm down. Oh, Tenennial calls him out that he means she needs to calm down. But this is how her people find husbands. They make decisions very quickly, but if he acts, but he acts as if love must come tentatively. He says not necessarily... But most of the time, love dies a quick death. Jeez, Luke, you haven't even been loved. hurt you, Luke? Honestly. Nobody! I mean, his entire family, but... Like, Leia! Like, what? Life comes at you fast, bro. Yeah, he's like, love dies a quick death, just like reminiscing on the fact that he was once in love with his sister and being like, hmm, don't want to think about that. That was a bad call, Luke. (laughs) God. 
She says, so what? But he goes on to say that he can't do this. He thinks people can't know if love is real until they've spent real time together, until they have a history together. He also has a duty to fulfill, and he's going to go complete his Jedi training, and that he'll probably never see her again after he leaves the planet. Their history together is over. Luke wanted to say more lame, placating words he didn't really mean, but Han thrashes in his sleep, shouting, No! Luke feels a disturbance in the Force and looks around as he feels a dark pressure pushing down on him. He fights off the feeling, and then Tananiel gasps and throws her head to the sky and laughs, telling Je- Mistress Jeth- Jethzerion that she won't learn anything from her. But Jethzerion's voice booms that she already has. She saw Han dreaming about repairing the Falcon, and is happy that he survived and can repair the ship. She wants it to fly as much as they do. Luke reaches out with the Force and forces Jethzerion to retreat. <laughs> <laughs> But he sees that her troops have begun marching through the night and they will attack the Singing Mountain Clan at dawn. Real talk. Why did she see Han dreaming about repairing the Falcon when he was probably more likely to dream about Leia? He was definitely dreaming about the Falcon. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Ooh, that was some stuff that happened. That was, that was some definite stuff. Some things happened. Eve. Eve. Sorry, I was muted this whole time for like the past three minutes. I've been like talking oh, no. and <laughs> anyway, speaking of stuff <laughs> that happened, let's do listener responses. We still have to do ours, right? Yeah, we do. Who wants to go first? I mean, I can't go first. Do it. Okay. I'm embarrassed. I went I win full robot on this, just FYI. Han oh. Solo. What a man. He's got eyes and toes and two whole hands with opposable thumbs. Whoa, what a thing. He's even got vocal cords to better sing. He's got muscles and bones, an average-sized brain, and DNA spiraling in an elaborate chain. Han Solo, yeah, he's a human male. I can scientifically state this fact without fail. Oh, my God. I love it. I love how it all boils down to Han Solo is a human. He's a man. A, a human person man. with parts. Like that, right? <laughs> Didn't you like that? I was that? like, yeah. What would a robot, like, how would a robot explain this? Well, mine was the, I... the outro last week, so. Wow. I, I didn't write anything wow. else. That's fair. All right, I'll do mine. Every night in Han's dreams, Han sees you. Han feels you. Oh, my God. That is how you know Han goes on. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, I guess it's my turn. <laughs> and I took a cue off of the tune that we've been using this whole time. So, <clears throat> King Solo is a dreamboat. It's true, I don't mean to gloat. He's got that rugged scar on his chin. He's as strong as a gun, dark and packing like one wink wark. He's sure to make <laughs> you want to stay in bed. That's the end. I love it. I love that so you good. rhymed Gundark with Wink Wonk. <laughs> Me too. Amazing. Wink Wonk. I'm so happy. <laughs> all right, let's get to our listeners. Great. Ben Warman said, first of all, that he appreciated all of our love last week. Um, his is also to the tune of All Star, and he was kind of upset that we made him listen to it to get the meter right. <laughs> Can I just read this? I don't have, do I have to sing it? You have to sing it. Oh god. It. Wait. No. This is not to the chorus. 
No, it's the verse. Han Solo just runs just away. Runs away from his problems, leaves a lot of helpful things unsaid. He was feeling kind of done with his wife and his son, so he told it to Conjure Club instead. <laughs> wow. Good. It's a good reference. It. <laughs> oh, it's been a while since I've heard a Tell It to Kanji Club reference. I'm so happy. I like that. That was good. Greg said, Solo, solo, he'll never let go low. He's spicy like chorizo with passion, no bravado. <laughs> I love chorizo. Chorizo is so good. Yeah. Ian Miller said he's feeling like a star. You can't stop his shine. He's loving a sweet <laughs> princess. His mind's on Alderaan. He's solo. He's Han Solo. What a man. King Solo Solo. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. What is the Connect song? It's there the, was it's riding solo. Han Solo song. It's solo song. He's feeling like a friend. He can't stop the shine. He's loving on the princess minds. Oh, he's solo. Han Solo. What a man. King Solo. Solo. It's really good. It's good. You need to look up that video, y'all. It's a good video. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And you can learn really good dancing moves like the Minoc <laughs> and Yub Yub. And I really wish I had Kinnick just to play that game, no, honestly. All you have to do is just put it up on YouTube and dance along with it. <gasps> That's so smart. Because I don't care about points. I just want to dance. Wait, okay, real talk. If we ever get on the celebration stage, we should perform the stars Oh, together. my Do it in the hotel room. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah. All right. Tom the Fanboy wrote Tom four the fanboy, verses. Once again, <laughs> demonstrating his amazing ability to be super concise. <laughs> Um, wow. Since there's four verses, we can each read one. Should we do that? Yeah. All right, I'll go first. Solo, me say solo. Daylight oh, you gotta coming. sing it. How? How? Solo. Yeah. What? Two? Me say solo. Daylight coming. He got no home. Um. So he Han Solo. No address, cause a ship's his home. What's the flying fast on the castle run? Falcon's fast and it is his home. Hauling spice till inspectors come, dumping cargo to protect his home. You're doing great. Keep going. Won the Falcon in a game of Sabacc. No big deal. Lando has a home. Thought that asteroid was nothing but rock. Great big space slug tried to eat his home. Daylight come, the ship in his home. Shoot six tie, seven tie, eight tie, punch. Jump to light speed, protect his home. Oh my gosh, keeps going. Shoot six, tie seven, tie eight, tie punch. Hyperdrive, drive breaks, they shoot his home. So he, Han Solo, daylight comes, spaceship is his home. Meet his roommate, the great Chewbacca. Imperials enslaved his race back home. Tall and strong, empire gone, let Chewie go home. I lost it. A present for (laughs) you, a Storini glass prowler. Wait, where is it? It's not in his home? Highly deadly crystal deceiver. Scritch, scritch, scritch. Just burn down your home. <laughs> so, he Han So, he Han So, he Han So, whoa, 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 He hope you'll make your falcon your home. Nice. Sorry, Tom, I lost it towards the end there. Why did it take to four verses to get to the Storini glass brown? <laughs> it should have just been about up. that the whole time. This is so good. I love it. What oh is that song? I lo- it's, uh, it's Deo. Deo, yeah. Yeah. Jamaican classic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Daylight, come in. We want to go home. I want 
scritch, 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 just burned down your home on a bumper sticker. <laughs> 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 Next time we make buttons, we're making that happen. <laughs> so good. If I ever get a text tattoo, it'll just be scritch, scritch, scritch. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner leader said, he's got the best blaster with power like no other. Always shoots straight, always shoots true. He loves it like a brother, though it may seem rusty and old. Truly, it's got it where it counts, kid. Han Solo, what a man, etc., etc. It's not like that part's hard after that. <laughs> it's literally Solo. How <laughs> <laughs> it goes. Han Solo, what a man, Solo, exclamation point. <laughs> what a man, etc., etc. What a man. <laughs> what, a man? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yes, Denny, as I explained in my verse, he is a man. <laughs> Jay said Yes. I love this. Use that Gaston song from Beauty and the Beast and change the words, except Gaston is more Isfuldor, <laughs> not fixing that typo. <laughs> Belle slash Leia deserves better. Sorry, I know you asked for a verse, not an editorial. You can sing it if you want, or Seth Horse Voice or both. Well, Jay, someone actually decided to put in some work that you didn't decide to do because Spitfire saw your tweet and actually wrote a verse for the Gaston song, but with Han Solo. So is Saf going to sing it in a hoarse voice? I I sure hope so. Yeah, I can try. Okay. Um, Your roommates are going to love this. I just got to do that. I got to do the Winnie first. I can get into it. My roommates did not fucking (laughs) be here. Wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about the thing that Saf just said? (laughs) The like, warm-up routine. I gotta do the Winnie first and get into it. Get in the voice, yeah. <laughs> no one flies like King Han, picks up flies like King Han, likes to decimate all them ties like King Han, Wookie hair gets in all of his decorating. Oh, what a man, King Han. <laughs> <laughs> There are no words. <laughs> I really, you know, I realized recently that I should probably take Rogue Podrin off of my um, work portfolio because <laughs> prospective employers may listen to this. Oh, no, they get to see all your talent. Right. <laughs> How is this a bad thing? <laughs> You're welcome, Jay. Uh, Suara said, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than to just go to the microphone. <laughs> Suara demonstrated an amazing ability to make rhymes here. Suara said as you can tell from his son Ben Swolo he's got those pecs somewhere on his body Olo (laughs) he's such a perfect man Olo the ladies love him so so much Olo any lady to deny him would be such a fool can you guess it Olo (laughs) but they'd miss out on the greatest there ever was Olo the one and only Han Solo are you for real right now, Swart? <laughs> <laughs> Truly a surprising twi- twist. Of Were you eating Rolos when you wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Cole said, he's got his own movie, although it's not out yet. It's Alden, not Harrison, trepidation to surmount. He'll meet Chewie, play Sabacc, get the Falcon through the plot. Solo, what a Star Wars story. Solo, whether we wanted it or not. <laughs> oh, oh nice. that was great oh my gosh 
Oh my god. I think we should give everybody a glistening body for this because everybody I'm giving probably... Jay a glistening boar gullet for having an idea but not doing it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah, then Spitfire gets two glistening bodies. She for... gets Jay's. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she gets Jay's. I would like All to right. give Saf a glistening bodie for yeah. both, both for her song and then also singing the other song in the horse voice. But I'm also just... for saying that you have to do a Winnie to get a date. Yeah, also. And just like just I... for like being oh. here. Saf, just thanks for being here. This is the first host bodie, I think. Oh, we, we've breached some new ground here. I'm going to print this out and stick it on my wall. Yeah. Add to your resume. It, yeah. Um, I don't know what to ask about these chapters. Uh, how would you flirt with a witch of Dathomir? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Saf's all over that one. I'm, I'm into this one. <laughs> Perfect. So this week, we want you to tell us, how would you flirt? with a witch of Dathomir, but we have a caveat here. You cannot use the words young, hot, or back missiles. <laughs> I'm going to need time. Yeah, because I need, time. I need oh, to absolutely. craft something. Mm. Absolutely. I need to think something good. It might actually turn up into a self-insert fake. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> All right, listeners, hit us up on Twitter at RoguePodron with your responses to our question. You can find us at our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. You can email us, roguepodron at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to us via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes or the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, or Google Play. And if you go to our iTunes, you could leave us a lovely review and give us a five-star rating so that we can have four stars each and share the fifth one between us. We have no reviews this week, which sucks. So you all need to try hard. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> no, um, please leave us reviews. We appreciate them a lot, and it helps us a lot. If you our... don't want to like write a review, just stick the lyrics to the your song in, in the review box. Like it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> we will be okay with that. I will put it in a whole in there. voice. We need the stars for sustenance, though. Yeah, <laughs> we need them. We are dying. We need the stars for sustenance. <laughs> for real, if you write just like lyrics to Han Solo and to an iTunes review, I will sing them in a horse voice for you. So. Do it. <laughs> yeah! I'm going to leave a review now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, next time, guess what? We're taking a week off. So you have a full, like, two weeks to think about how you would woo a powerful, menacing, sexy as heck witch of Dathomir. So for that time, I already lost my train of thought. doesn't matter. The Courtship of Princess Leia, chapters 22 through 24. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Back missile. Pew. What if back missiles just make the wood horn sound? <laughs> Perfect. Rogue leader signing off. Rogue six signing off. Rogue seven signing off. Rogue three signing off. I have a question. What? What is roguepodron.tumblr.com? <laughs> it's the Tumblr. Does do we ever use it? I, I always forget to use it. <laughs>
Why do we talk about it every week? Because <laughs> it's in we the show. We have not put in anything since the Bechdel War. <laughs> so anything that happened since the Bechdel War. <laughs> Oh, that is oh, more than a year a... ago. <laughs> Our top photo is the winter photo. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, no. That is unfortunate. <laughs> Please stop looking at our website. Yeah, never go to our website. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oops. I had an ant under my shirt for some of that episode. 